0: Welcome, I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And today on my 19th episode, I have Ryan Marsh, quarterback coach for the Winnipeg Rifles, and Shaquille Armstrong, defensive line coach for the Manitoba Bisons. How are you guys doing tonight?
1: Thanks so much for having us on, Gene. Kind of get rolling
0: here. So guys, all of us uh, have been given the opportunity to be part of uh, a Big Air Pro Prep Football Academy that's been going on. We've been a couple weeks in now. Uh, It's been pretty awesome, pretty exciting to be involved with that. Um, what excites you guys about being a part of this staff and about, about this opportunity?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, so far it's been an amazing opportunity. Really enjoy both of the brands. Big Air, I've had a little bit of uh, experience with in the past. Love the program. Getting together with uh, with football players, younger offensive players, teaming up with an amazing brand and a couple really good guys, uh, CFL players and uh, All Stars, uh, Andrew Harris and DJ Lama. I uh, couldn't ask for more in terms of support from them. And, uh, yeah, it's a really good opportunity to give back in a way that uh, that I really see is, is going to be beneficial for the younger generation. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, a lot of momentum behind it right now, and I'm really excited to, uh, to see what it brings.
0: That's excellent. How do you feel about it, Chuck?
1: Honestly,
2: I'm excited just to be a part of something new. It's um, with everything going on in the world, it's nice to see something new that's going on and something that, you know, that's positive for the community. Um, it's one of the kind of one of the first things that are go, that's going really fast, really big, that kind of covers that 360 development of, of what it takes to be the student athlete with the with with the on-field training for your nutrition to the academics in the classroom to just that time management skills. And it's, it's nice to see that it's it's taken seriously. And we have a great group of
0: coaches and great group of kids that are out there and just want to get better and better each day. Yeah. It's a phenomenal program. The layout, the 360 development is really good in terms of kind of touching on all the areas that a player would need to, to develop and move forward with their game. Um, how about, uh, know just in terms of the players that you've been able to work with so far there ryan what what have you seen out of the guys up there
1: yeah i mean uh you get out there each day and you see a couple familiar faces but uh you notice that every kid that you're working with really wants to be there they're really motivated to be on the field they really like the sports and uh and they're going as hard as they can, right? They're, they're giving their their full effort and their dedication. They, uh, they're very attentive. And, and the skill level is actually rather high for that age group. So I'm really excited to see where they can get if they put in a little bit of work. But so far, it's been a really good turnout.
0: Yeah, the turnout's been great. It's been exciting to work with those guys. Shaq, how do you feel about that?
2: Uh, it's exciting right with always with alignments usually smaller groups to work with but it's great having these smaller the the smaller groups because the guys that I'm working with out there they're they're getting better at a faster rate because they're they're getting that individual one-on-one time for almost the whole session we're there with only two to three players there they're they're excelling faster they're getting that coaching a lot better and and as a university coach myself, it's nice just kind of having my eyes out there and seeing who's who's out there in the city right now, who's out in the province and
0: can possibly, you know, see who's ready for that next step and the next part of their game. Yeah, and that's so valuable with, with both you guys being from uh, Ryan with you with the Rifles, Shaq, you with the Bisons, to be able to see the young guys coming up at this point in their career, to be able to kind of get your hands on and work with those guys as well. I think it's super valuable for your programs moving forward. Um, for me, guys, you know, the big thing in terms of partnering up with Pro Prep was just that uh, obviously what you guys have already said in terms of just the character and, and the guys that are running it in DJ Lalama and Andrew Harris. But uh, they have like a, a genuine approach to player development that, I re- that really connects with me. Um, everything that I've ever done with Big Air was all about just trying to improve the player as best as I could, improve their knowledge. Uh, their mechanics, you know, their football knowledge, all that kind of stuff. But uh, but to do it in an environment that's productive, that's you know positive for these guys, um, where they're getting true coaching, right? So that was really always important for me. So the the connection really when uh, when DJ and Andrew reached out to me in terms of you know getting something together, starting some camps, it was it was really a no-brainer. I was I was really in from the get-go. Um, but kind of switching gears here, guys, I want to get into your backgrounds a little bit. So Ryan, I'll turn it over to you. Can you kind of just fill my listeners in with your background, kind of growing up in your family and maybe playing some other sports?
1: Of course. Yeah. I mean, my, uh, my life has really been, uh, you know, it's, it's my religion to say, uh, to say the least, uh, learning how to, uh, be a good teammate and learning how to be a good, uh, sportsman has always been something that's been important to my family, Uh, Growing up, my mom was uh, the MVP in her high school, and she was all about the sports, so was my dad. So uh, growing up, I I tried a number of different sports, the first one being soccer, baseball, um, doing everything. My dad was a big tennis player. So yeah, just growing up, being on sports teams and learning how to to use that as kind of a, a way to discipline myself and a way to guide myself. Uh, as a younger athlete, um, you know, relying on your teammates, uh, building character, building rapport, uh, again, that, that discipline factor, you know, showing up for your teammates when it's raining out and, mm-hmm. and you know, making sure you're giving your best effort if you're at, uh, you know, this football camp or that football camp or this basketball practice or that tournament there for volleyball, um, all the way through if you if you're a good teammate. Uh, you leave with a good feeling after you play that sport. So whether it be uh, again your high school team and you're a cheerleader, or uh, you're playing on a university football team, uh, if you're you know giving that full effort and you know that you left it all there, and you know that your teammates kind of uh, your teammates you know were requiring something of you, and you're able to deliver that, that's a great feeling, and that's something that I think sports uh, really taught me uh, growing up as a as a young athlete. So.
0: Right. I really love that, Ryan, because you kind of touch on just the, uh, you know, the gratefulness of, of, you know, being with your teammates and giving back and being part of that environment. And I think that that's, you know, super true in what we do. And that's kind of the best part about the game of football is the connections we make and relationships, you know, and going through those battles together. I think there's so many life lessons. Um, really, yeah, really totally. appreciate that. Shaq, how about you uh, talk talk to my audience about growing up and playing sports and your background? Um,
2: honestly, for me, sports was kind of what I needed at the time in my life. Um, from a young age, I, we moved around a lot. My family was broken. I was kind of my mom to my dad, to my grandparents, to my grandparents, living in Antigua, to Winnipeg, to Alberta, to Nova Scotia. So trying to find that sense of belonging Mm -hmm. was, was the most important thing. So I I was a kid, like everyone, we started playing soccer, your kids, your parents kind of get you doing something and then. Boom, I get up and I move again. All right, what 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 am I doing down here? I got into cricket. That it was good. fun. I, down, down in Antigua playing cricket. And then, all right, boom, I'm moving again. I'm in Nova Scotia. All right, what's next over here? Cricket. I, was, I loved it. All right. All right, baseball. Let's try baseball. Baseball was going on, going on. I loved it out there. It was out in Nova Scotia. Then, boom, we're moving again. <laughs> okay, where are we at now? All right, now we're, we're back in Winnipeg. And then it was, it was kind of when I got back was, all right, what do I want to do? I... I, I need to find my sense of belonging. I'm in a new city. I gotta I gotta make friends. What's the easiest way to do that? And it's for for me it was sports and for I think for a lot of young kids and and I think for you guys as well is sports is the easiest way to make friends and kinda get a second family. And from there I kinda did the the rotation like anyone else. You do the baseball, volleyball, basketball was big and then I finally I found football and from there it just kinda sailed. It was the one sport I found that that is that true meaning of family. You're, you're with your, you're with your team a lot longer than people realize. And, uh, from, from there, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's the one that stuck out and it it meant the most to me. And it till this day, I still, that's, that's
0: why I coaches because it's the one that has stuck with me the most. You know, and, and it's so simple of a point, just the friendships that we make, but it, it's so true, right? Like we're all here today because we're friends through football, right? We met through football and, a lot of my closest friends that I still have this day are all people through football, and, you know, I don't know if that's maybe just the way us football guys are wired or not, but uh, but but definitely the family part is is huge, right, and there's a huge belonging, and to speak about, you know, about moving back and forth and to find that belonging I think is, is really important. Back at it for the second quarter with Coach Gies, Shaq Armstrong, and Ryan Marsh. So guys, I um I'm going back to coach high school. I'm gonna be coaching at Oak Park, my alma mater. Uh we're actually apparently supposed to start practice tomorrow. It looks pretty cold out there, so I'm hoping maybe that gets pushed back a day or two. But uh anyways, uh I want to get into your high school backgrounds, that that time of your life, Ryan. I'll start with you. Can you talk to me about your days at Sturgeon Heights, Sturgeon Creek?
1: So I initially got there. They were during uh, during an amalgamation between two high schools, the Sturgeon Creek Schooners and the Silver Heights Huskies. Right. So they're very close in proximity in St. James, and they were going to be amalgamating. So the Silver Heights uh, the Huskies were going to be coming over to the Sturgeon Creek School. So when I originally got there in grade 10, it was the Sturgeon Creek Schooners, there was only about, uh, I think there was 290 kids that were registered at the school at the time, so not very many. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a grade 10, I became the starting quarterback for the football team. It was an awesome year. Got to play with a lot of really great grade 12s. Uh, a couple guys that, uh, again, we created a little bit of a bond, and I still talk to in some facet today. So it was really good to uh, to get there and become part of a team and a family right away. Went all the way to the uh, division championship. we were in the lowest division, however, we made it all the way to the end. Um, sadly, to lose against the Tech Va Hornets by a field goal, so it was pretty heartbreaking. But uh, showed that we had a lot of a lot of talent and a lot of uh, a lot of potential to work with. So uh, grade eleven that year uh, had more of the amalgamation happen. Had Silver bring their team over, however, we had not started doing class together just yet. So just simply a mixing of the, the high school teams. So once they came over, the roster got extremely big and we actually had, um, a number of, a number of players out there trying out for the team. So we got really good, really fast. We also were moved up one division. So we're now playing in the middle division in the high school league. And, um, Made it to the semifinals that year. We were very, very competitive with the running backs that we had in our backfield. Anthony Coombs and Ke- uh, Keenan LaFrance wasn't on the team just yet. Okay. And then uh, moving into grade 12, uh, Keenan had joined the team. And that was our very dominant year. My last year, we had two CFL running backs in the backfield. And we, uh, we really just handed off the ball one way. It would be a touchdown. Hand off the ball. Another way it would be a touchdown. <laughs> I would pop back, throw a pass, and uh, and hopefully uh, the guy would catch it. But it was uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an awesome awesome high school career. We we had a lot of fun. Uh, a couple of the coaches that were really memorable on that team. Coach Coach Morgan. He was awesome. He was uh he moved his way around. He was running back. He was no line coach. He uh, he was always a good guy to laugh with, and one of those guys that you kind of looked up to as a big brother. Uh, Another guy, the head coach, uh, Brett Watts, he was a quarterback coach as well. He played for the Manitoba Bisons. He was a a really wonderful guy. Stay in contact with him as well just because the the bond was so strong with that. Um, Really appreciate all of his coaching growing up. And uh, another coach who uh, recently, uh, just last year, uh, passed away, Neville Scarlett. Uh, He was also a coach with us on the Winnipeg Rifles football program. So I uh, really got to know him, was was like a brother to me, and it was uh, really sad to see him go, but I know that he's going to be doing something, uh, feeling a little bit better wherever he's at now. So mm-hmm. that's great. But yeah, the high school crew was awesome. Uh, made a ton of friends, and one of those guys that I never really got to play with in high school but was awesome was Shaq. So uh, him and I really got to know each other through there. We played against each other, actually, when we were younger. So uh, mm-hmm. during our high school years, we had a little bit of a rivalry, but it was always uh, it was always a lot of fun being competitive.
0: Well, that's awesome. and such a great story and, uh, you know, great to talk about, you know, coaches like Jeff Morgan and Neville Scarlett and Brett Watt, all great people. Um, Shaq, I'll turn it over to you. Can you kind of uh, do the same? Tell my audience kind of your background playing. I know you played for the Rods. Uh, yeah, go for it.
2: Yeah, uh, starting off, uh, yeah, middle school. I, I joined the rods. Uh, just, just another big kid that they said, hey, all the kids in school, hey, come on out, come on, just play football, play football. Yeah, yeah, okay, let's just try it, and and it stuck, and. And at the time, like I, like Ryan was saying, earlier, I, I went to Silver Heights, so we didn't have high school football. So at the time at Silver Heights, there was me in LaFrance, Anthony Coombs, and um, a lot of other good athletes there. We were all there playing basketball and just playing rods at the same time. And then it came down to, it came down to amalgamation year. And, and you know what, uh, we decided to say Rod's kids, we decided to say we're going to stay loyal and, uh, the one that didn't stay loyal at the time was Anthony Coons. Hey. He decided to jump ship over to the, oh, the high yeah. school. <laughs> yeah, but it but it, it worked out for everyone in the long in the long end and then uh, and then ultimately it kind of came down to the final year and uh I was kind of weighing out my options, what I wanted to do, and uh I had the options to play rifles and at the time I didn't really know much about it. Uh Back when we were playing, there wasn't social media and people contacting all the time, figuring out where you're going to play next and what right. kind of the next step is. You're we're just kind of learning along the way. And and in grade twelve, I decided to play rifles, and I ended up being uh, the starter for them. And it was it was a great way to learn and get better quick. And uh I actually ended up kind of I got my volunteer hours. uh Coach Watt over at Sturgis asked me to come and just help the guys out in my free time yeah. after our season and. It was awesome just to kind of help be around and give back to the guys. Uh, made it kind of uh, awkward uh, in school a little bit, uh, <laughs> making the guys call me coach sometimes. And uh, like like Ryan said, we played against each other a lot, and I hated them. It was weird. I was, I was like, why is this guy living in St. James and playing for the Nomads? This is stupid. It makes no sense, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, it, it, it was tough not going picking high school, right. You, like you got, Ryan was there. Keenan was there. Anthony Coombs was there. The Herdmans were playing there at the time. Yeah. So the team was stacked, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I made the decision. I did. It kind of helped me excel, get a little better. And uh, it led me to going on to better things after.
0: That's a, that's awesome, man. And just the fact that you were able to get on the field with the rifles as a grade 12, you know, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. It speaks to the athlete that you are. Um I'd like to kind of talk about your provincial team experience. I know you guys both played provincial team together uh, for a few years. Uh, Ryan, t- talk on that experience.
1: Yeah, it was awesome being uh, being able to play with the best of the best that Manitoba had to offer. Playing for football Manitoba, uh, getting the opportunity to go both to uh, Sherbrooke, Quebec, and uh, and we also headed out to the University of Saskatchewan. Um, playing with guys who are the best of the best, the elite level at uh, in your Category with where you're at, uh, it feels pretty good. Um, being able to uh, compete against others from other provinces and seeing what kind of talent is out there also gives you a better perspective on what uh, what you're actually like and, and where your skill set actually lies. So uh, it gave me a lot of perspective, and uh, and I really enjoyed the experience. And I think that everybody needs to have the experience of competition and and seeing, you know, uh, where do I stack up against the rest? And, and is this something I want to try to work for and, and get better at? So, yeah, I really enjoyed the experience and I I wouldn't have, I wouldn't trade that for the world. That was one of my best growing points as a younger athlete.
0: And again, I love that you speak on the perspective element because you know, I, I don't want to like crap on some young kids. Cause I know everybody's got the dream of going to, you know, NCAA and that kind of stuff, but I just see some kids and they're promoting, I want to go to this school. I want to go to that school. And it's like, man, you, half of you be lucky to make the provincial team. Like, you know what I mean? Ooh. Like you, you need a little <laughs> bit of uh, a little bit of perspective here on, on your ability and where you're at. So I like that you touched on that because it's true. Like I, I had the same thing. I thought I was, you know, the cat's ass and I go play provincial team and you know, you find out real quick. Maybe I'm maybe maybe I'm
1: goes, right? right? That's like, how it goes.
0: Maybe I'm good here, but compared to everybody else, maybe not so much, right? So yeah, I, think, I, I like yeah. the I like that you touched on the learning experience. How about you, Shaq? What did you take away from playing provincial team?
2: Uh it was a great experience. I, I was lucky I was able to play uh, three years in a row, uh, from the U seventeen at the time and two years at U nineteen, playing two of those with Ryan. Um a big piece of that is connections. Even though you only spend two weeks with a group of guys, it's a long two weeks, and it's a great two weeks. It's those are pro- those are To this day, I hold a lot of memories and a lot of friendships from that experience. Um, another big piece of it is... I, I, need, I, need, I need to air something out here. Guys mm-hmm. from Manitoba, players from Manitoba, if we want to win a Canada Cup, we need you all to come out yeah. and actually represent... The hardest part of being out there and trying to win a medal is knowing that some of the best players decided to just stay back home and not represent. Right. And the other piece is we we as a province need to make it more accessible for some of these players that can't afford to be out there as well Mm -hmm. because as a player and as a coach, it's super hard to be out there and know that you've left something back that really could have helped as a province as a whole. And,
0: uh, yeah, I had to air that out real quick, no, but that, anyways, that's, that's real, that's real talk, Jack. Um, I love it. That is, that is real talk. And it, it it's something that I think a
2: lot of guys feel, and I, I think you guys can both attest to it from, mm-hmm. from doing it in the past and even as coaching in, in the past. Um, but yeah, the, the greatest part out there is, I think that guys don't realize either is as soon as you get out there, you are now being seen. They found you, you yeah you're not just a number anymore got your they know who you are and it's a great way to get scouted it's a great way to represent who you are as a person not just on the field but off the field they're looking at what you're doing around the clock 24 7 they're seeing if you're a team guy they're seeing if you can if you have time management out there because it's a pretty busy schedule when you're out yes. there as well it's not just <laughs> football and free time um but yeah it was fun and <sighs> The best, the best thing about it is, like I said, I think some of the memories and just some of the, just some of the people that you meet there
0: along the way. Right. It's such a condensed window of time, right? Like, especially in yeah. terms of like the time you spend together. So I think you're right. You spend like this really condensed window of time together, but it's you know you you take away a, a lot of life lessons from that, and you learn a lot from that. And uh, like you said, coaches are looking at you. You're kind of under the microscope. That's kind of how a real football season is. There's not a lot of time. There's a lot expected of you. So how are you going to handle it in this, you know, short little window of time? So I, I like
2: to percent. Yeah, it's it's literally almost half a season in 14 days.
0: Right, right. Exactly. OK, well, you know, you, you spoke about playing for the rifles as a grade 12. Ryan, you played your career for the rifles in junior football. Uh, can you talk about, you know, your experience with the program and, and what you take back and what you remember today about it?
1: Yeah, you know, the Winnipeg Rifles program was awesome, uh, did a lot for me. It allowed me to continue to play football while I was still growing as a young man. Um, working, being able to earn uh, earn a living, experience the working world while still having a competitive outlet like junior football, very close in terms of uh, competition and talents to university. You played at a very competitive level, um, but you required a little bit more energy uh, in terms of your university studies. So uh, playing in the junior allowed me to take away that energy and put it into something like work. So it was awesome growing in my life and growing in in uh, other aspects other than sports was something I wanted to do because uh, growing up, it was always sports. Everything was always sports, 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 sports. So uh, being able to kind of uh, be an 18-year-old man and, and make some decisions on my own and learn a little bit about the real world while still having sports as kind of a, a fun uh, way to get out some energy on the back end was really awesome. Uh, the first couple of years playing in junior football were really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very competitive battle for the for the number one spot as quarterback. And uh, I got to play in a few games, got to learn the speed of the game. And then in my third year, I uh, was able to have a lot of success and uh, was the number one starter. Played all uh, played all eight games and was able to break a few passing records. So for yes, uh, eight games, we threw for thirty touchdowns and three thousand and thirty yards. Wow. So it was quite a good average per yes. game, and we ended up going to the semifinals, only to lose by a field goal. Okay. So uh, that kind of it was was really tough way to end uh, that year. Uh, after that last year in junior went played 2012 with Manitoba bisons right. and uh, decided that football wasn't really that important and and that uh, my uh, the rest of my life and what I was doing at the time was gonna be what my priority was so went back into junior football prioritized my work and my uh, family relationships and then was, uh, was Yeah, just using it more as a fun outlet, something that I was really enjoying being competitive in, uh, had my brotherhood, but it wasn't something that I really uh, needed to keep number one priority. So uh, when you're playing university football, if you're not thinking about the football team or what that is, what your requirements are, mm-hmm. uh, you should go play somewhere else because it's not a half half-assed type of game it's a it's a game where you got to be all in for your team and all in for the players in the organization so um if you're not ready for that type of a commitment or you have other commitments then you really need to take a look at that and see what your perspective is you know where are my priorities and my values right now so made that assumption made that uh made that evaluation and went back and played one more year with the winnipeg rifles my final year my uh, year I was 21 years old okay. and uh, had a lot of success. We didn't uh, we didn't make it farther than the first round of playoffs, however. So it was kind of a quick outing for the for the last year. But it was again it was a nice, fun, competitive outlet, and uh, I don't regret it at all because uh, I left feeling pretty good about uh, about where I was at. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it was a really good junior career, and I had a lot of a lot of fun. You
0: know, and as you should feel proud about your accomplishments there. You, you like you said you set some huge records. Uh, I don't know if if I had the passing record when you broke it, but I know that my the passing record, the, the one that I held, you shattered it. So, so thanks for that. Uh, but uh, but but good on you, man, and and good to talk about the rifles and especially the part about you know like just the priorities in life again because you know university isn't for everybody, and I think like if I could oh, go yeah. if I could go back and do it again, I would do it a little differently. I'm not saying that necessarily I wouldn't want to go to university, but I think that I wasn't ready at, as a grade 12 kid at that time to come out and, and go straight to university. I I could have used junior football, and unfortunately, in my day, that, that just wasn't an option here, and nobody really had the knowledge of, you know, go somewhere else necessarily, or, or I wasn't getting that knowledge. So I, I like that you speak about that because I think it's important because there's lots of guys that love football and want to be at a competitive level, but, you know, they not necessarily school guys first, and there's nothing wrong with that. And and junior football in Canada is an excellent league. so. I would, I would too. Uh, you know, tell young guys that you know definitely uh, try and experience some junior football if you're if you're not sure about the university route just yet. So
1: oh, hands down, junior football. The experiences that you get from junior football are uh, very, very close to the experiences that you'll receive at a university football program. Yes. Uh, you just, I mean, it's all about what you want to prioritize, right? If you want to be uh be all that school first you know do that but make yes. sure that you know that that's what you're prioritizing and that's right. what you want to do because it does take a full commitment it's mm-hmm. not a half commitment
0: And that's the important part there is just if that's what you're going to do then go do it and if not then then look for an alternate road um Shaq, i'd love to get into your career you so you go from the rifles and then you go to concordia university yes sir yeah so t- tell me about that experience playing at concordia um, it
2: was awesome. It was. Uh, I went from being in Winnipeg to the big fish in a little pond to small fish in a very big pond out in Quebec. Mm-hmm. Um, part of the reasoning I went out there was uh, playing back in Canada Cup kept wise quebec always winning the goal there's got to be a reason right so I, I i wanted to go see what the reason was and i got my answer it, it was competitive out there you got teams like university of montreal you got teams like laval out there and they're, they're powerhouses um but i went out there uh I ended, up, I ended up being a five-year starter my first year i worked my way to get in there um i said i was a rotational player the first couple of games and then come game three I, I got i got my chance and i ran i ran with it um during those years, I, uh, I missed home. Uh, there's a, a time where I almost actually, I almost came back home. Uh, it was a, there's a lot going on. We had uh, forfeited all our wins that year at Concordia. We had an eligible player. Mm. Um, there's a lot of uh, things going on internally that I didn't agree with. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I stuck it out. I'm glad that I finished my career out there. I'm glad that I was able to continue with those uh, friendships and my, my family out there. Um, while out there, I was actually trying to recruit a lot of guys from those, from those rifles teams, like Ryan in his third and fourth year, trying to get guys like Ryan out, trying to get guys like Keenan, um, I was was trying to get the whole squad out there, but things didn't turn out that way. And, uh, but yeah. And then after, after Concordia, I kind of went on a, a bit of a different journey than most, uh, Mm -hmm. like everyone else, you want to, you want to go for that, that CFL NFL dream. And when it doesn't happen right from university, you got to figure out, okay what am I going to do next? And there are options out there still. And uh, one of the options for me is I ended up going to play in the CMFL and I played for the Fort Mac Monarchs. Um, It was just another way for me to play against some other guys that are just similar to senior, senior men's, and also very similar to semi-pro. We got guys that are coming out of university trying to find somewhere to play. Some guys that were playing professionally that are kicked out and just need another team to play till they're back on a roster. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, I made a lot more memories, a lot more friends. From the, after that, I said, "Okay, what am I do? What do I got to do now? I got to get my name back out there because I got a few tryouts, but nothing ever stuck." Mm-hmm. Um, went out to France, played for the Saint Etienne Giants out in the uh, Europe France uh, American Football League. Um, totally crazy experience out there, tough trying to be a player and coach at the same time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, from there also just kind of seeing where they're at and in, in their uh, football, uh, mentality, They were still kind of, uh, a little bit delayed in the, in the sense of what was happening. Uh, we were a team still running a two back system the whole time with a tight end and okay. can't really get a lot of, uh, gains on third and long when you're, when you have two, two backs and a tight end in there. Mm-hmm. But no, it, it was awesome, a great experience. Um, and from there, it was just interesting to see how in that part of the world, how football has affected the community out there and how football has affected people out there. It's not just an American-Canadian thing. Right. Um, from there, I uh, got the chance to, be, to join the NGL. That was the National Gridiron League that unfortunately folded. it. Yeah. It was supposed to be another outlet for players to play professionally in Australia. And... Finally, I went back to Fort Mac trying to see, hey, it's been three years since I've been done playing. What am I going to do? I'm still trying to make it pro. I'm trying to do anything to make it. And we went out to Fort Mac. We won a national championship. It was great on top of the world, poking, trying to see what's left. And you know what? Got my championship. I think it's time to hang up the cleats. And I'm glad I did. Ended on a good note. And I got into coaching right away. And I couldn't be happier to tell you what, to be
0: honest. That's such a great story, man. I love that you just, you kept going with it. You know, you, that was your dream and you didn't stop. Right. And I think that's so important. And I really respect that and value that. Back at it for the third quarter, Coach Gies, Ryan Marsh, and Shaquille Armstrong. So guys, uh, you know, when I was playing, uh, I always kind of was fascinated with the X's and O's and learning how to draw plays and kind of stuff. And anybody who really knows me, anybody who's ever worked with me anywhere or gone to school with me knows that wherever I am, there's probably a notepad full of, you know, plays drawn up. I, I used to work with a guy and he used to laugh at me. He thought I drew the same play over and over and over again every day, but uh, but I didn't. But uh, I, uh, I just always been fascinated with the X's and O's. So I think from an early age, I knew that I wanted to coach and I knew that that was going to be important to me. I'm interested uh, in you guys. When you were playing, Ryan, did you think about coaching? Was that something that you thought, you know, down the road, I want to get into this?
1: As a young athlete, uh, coaching never really was part of uh, part of the thought process. Uh, growing up, you, you're just a naturally uh, – I was more of a social type of a person. Somebody really liked to get to know my teammates and, and see how to work best with them. Uh, so – Growing up, getting the opportunity to play quarterback, your job is to get to know uh, get to know your team. So from the age of ten, I was able to uh, be put into a position where you're just naturally you're expected to be a leader, and that's just some of the things that you learn along the way. Uh, you know, commanding commanding an offense to try to get the best results, to try to succeed. As a unit. And that's what I really, really enjoyed about playing quarterback. So, uh, growing up, it never really was part of the thought process until I was put into a position when I was about 18 years old uh, with the Elite Performance Football Academy. Uh, so, being able to learn uh, that, hey, you know, you have enough skill in a certain position as a quarterback that we think you can. Relay that type of a message to some younger athletes. So that was kind of my first introduction to coaching. And I think that it was a, kind of an easy transition. It was just like, hey, you just need to go coach them on what you do best. This is what you do. You do that. You're really good at it. Just go teach them what you do. Don't go try to give them some of your information. So it was kind of an easy intro into coaching, but it never really was something that I would think about. I would just naturally be helping people out you know this is what I think you know this is what works for me maybe you should try what works for me and (laughs) and hopefully you can take something from it and I mean uh, that's kind of how I got into things so yeah that was my first real introduction to coaching I never really had that aspiration to help people or to but uh, the more I go through it and the more I learn about uh, kind of who I am, the more I realize that I like helping people succeed. I like uh, when we can all be part of a process where we uh, get to an end point where we feel good about what we've done and, and kind of the work that we've put in together. So yeah, coaching is now uh, something that I really, really enjoy. And I think that it's, uh, it's kind of a natural thing inside of me. But growing up, I never really had that that aspiration. So it's kind of interesting.
0: That is interesting. How how about you, Shaq? You already talked about kind of being a player coach after uh played new sports. So obviously you kinda of had a natural fit for that. But uh but uh, when you were growing up playing, was it was coaching was there any coaches that you had or anybody that kind of inspired you that you were like, Hey, I kinda of think maybe I want to do this later on.
2: Honestly, as a player it it was never a thought. It was make it to the league, make it to the league, right? And like like I said, it wasn't until like kind of that first time uh, when I was saying when I was in France and trying to be a player coach, I was like, oh, it's kind of it was tough but it was, it was different. I, I, I liked it. It was kind of cool being able to relay what, like Ryan was saying, what you know, as, as someone being at, as skilled as you are at a position and being able to relay that message from someone to learn from you, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a pretty good feeling. And it's, and it's kind of why I continue to do what I do. Um, one of the other reasons why I'm still coaching and one of my early ones was uh, I like that, that Florida Gators on your hat. There is uh, when I was in Fort Mac playing out there, I, uh a very close friend of mine is uh, Lamar Goods and he he uh, at a young age, he was a kid who who needed some coaching at the time and I spent hours with him. I we lived together, we we trained together, we wow. everything was we did everything together for about a, a whole year there and and now he's made it. He's uh he's kind of my he's my success story, you no <laughs> can say. But um I'm happy for him. He's now with the Florida Gators and uh
0: he has a lot of great things coming his way and I couldn't be more happy for him. Oh, well, that's so awesome, man. Um, okay. How about uh, how about your just your overall coaching career, Marsh? Can you take me through? You know, you've been coaching for the Rifles now for quite a while, uh, but I know you started pretty early, right after you stopped playing. So, can you take me through your coaching career?
1: No, uh, it all started with uh, just helping coaching at uh, some quarterback camps and things like that with the Elite Performance uh, Football Academy, and then uh, working there as a trainer, being able to coach pro athletes and semi-pro athletes, aspiring college and ncaa athletes so it was a really cool experience uh helped me really grow as a coach and uh and throughout that time that i was there from the age of about uh 20 years old uh, i was the head trainer i was able to uh, really connect with a lot of different athletes in different sports and and quite a few in our football community in manitoba as well um during that time, I was playing, and then, uh, recent, like right after about a year after I was finished my football career, uh, got right into it with the Winnipeg Rifles and began my career there as a running back coach. Okay, I uh, was able to have quite a bit of success with a guy who's actually just entered the CFL draft this year, Michael Rashad. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of the running backs that I'd worked with directly, and we had a really good connection. Uh, thanks to quite a bit of help from some of the people that I learned some of my coaching skills from at Elite Performance. One of those guys, great guy we are working with that Pro Prep and Big Air, uh, Glenn Bruce. He was able to teach me quite a bit. He was a, a Grand Park guy, right. and uh, so was Mike Rashad. So when Mike and him played there, they had a connection there. And I was able to continue that and to continue our speed work and our our attitude towards running the football uh so it was a really good uh it was a really good first year learning how to be a coach and uh yeah i was able to grow and move from there and i've been there ever since so put in about i think this will be my fifth year now so uh quite a long time and i i really love it it keeps me coming back every year feeling that i uh you know i make a little bit of a difference for these guys and uh and i have a lot of fun uh passing on some of that knowledge that i've learned uh through playing in my career
0: right and uh you know some people uh definitely saw me and you butt some heads in 2019 on the field a little bit right
1: so yeah. it's, it's oh, good yeah.
0: it's good to have you on here so people know that we're still brothers and oh, yeah. you know you go oh, through yeah. those battles yeah, and whatnot right. but but it, all in all i will say marsh is that uh the one thing that i take away from that season is you taught me that I needed more of a more of a a teaching system, right? And uh, some of the things that we did together that year in terms of how we taught the offense, I thought was really valuable and uh, definitely something that I'm going to continue to use because the players definitely were able to connect with that and learn more efficiently and we were better because of it. So uh, I'm happy that you taught me that, man.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. I had I had quite a good time. Uh, every year, coaching is always brings you some challenges and brings you some some things that you got to kind of work through some hurdles. Yeah. So uh, I mean, 2019, it was uh, it is what it is. We had a lot of fun, but that means we're passionate about the game, right? right. We're passionate about what we're doing, mm-hmm. and uh, I learned quite a bit from you as well. And I, I'm glad that uh, we were able to uh work on things together and, and, and make something work for for where we were at that year so uh I'm happy to I'm happy to say that yeah we're still in contact and we're yeah. still definitely brothers I mean just because you go through a few challenges doesn't mean you're not uh, you guys haven't uh, gone through a few wars together as well so right. it's Uh, Yeah, it's always going to be all good with me for sure. That's that football (laughs) brotherhood family stuff that we talk about. So yeah, all good. Lots of love. love.
0: Lots of love to you too, brother. All right, Shaq, how about your coaching background? Can you take me through that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, like I was reflecting on earlier, I was a player coach in France. I was coaching in Fort Mac for a bit. when then, when I finally started playing, I, I moved back to Winnipeg. I was trying to figure out what was next to do. Uh, I reached out to another pro, uh, pro prep uh, coach, uh, Eric Vincent, at the time, who was at Sturgeon Heights, and I said, "Hey, why not just give back to to, to my my old high school? Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it was just down the street from where my parents were at, at the time, and uh, yeah, it was a no brainer. So I had a I had a great time there. It was. Uh, Bit of a another bit of a learning curve, just kind of being back in the city and seeing what was going on in the city and just uh, the differences of where I was and what was happening here. And from there, we. we had a, we had a great season. We had some great players like Brock and Kate and Corey. Um, from there, I, uh, I was, I was blessed and asked to join the Manitoba coaching staff and coach alongside the D line with another pro pre- coach, Andy Williams. Right. So I've, I've been coaching with him for a, a, a long time now. We're, uh, we're great friends and love working with the guy. Um, so yeah, it, it was great. Um, so I'm always kind of helping out with the team AntoBa um, whenever they kind of do their trials and stuff, just trying to give my advice whenever I can and whenever they whenever they need the help. So from there, I got, I went back to the Huskies and my doors kind of opened for me. I was uh, working with uh, Scott Barber, uh, D-line coach at the U of M, mm-hmm. and current D-line coach, and he asked if I want to join as a guest coach during spring camp, okay. and. It worked out. He he liked what I was doing. Toby liked what I was doing, and they asked if I if I'd like to join the staff. And uh, I've been there since. So thanks to Scott Barber for allowing to open that door for me and kind of get me into the university program at such a young age. And as a young coach, awesome. I don't regret hopping on so so quick. I'm I'm constantly learning as it goes. Every day I'm learning from the guys. And my biggest thing is I'm just trying to give back to these guys what. I didn't necessarily have, um, a coach that I kind of a mentor to me was, uh, Sean made XCFL or coach back in Cordia. Okay. He, he was a guy that was what I needed as a player at the time. Um, not every player, it can be coached the same way as another player and some coaches out there don't necessarily get that mm-hmm. as, as we can attest as players, as as the old players along the way. Um, and I think, being able to be a coach that is versatile in your teaching methods and versatile in how you educate or converse with the player is key. Not all guys can take the verbal abuse, not mm. but some guys need that verbal abuse, right? Okay. We, we, we know, we've seen it, yeah. right? So it's, I, I think it's, it's a key thing to knowing what your guy needs and knowing when he needs it and how he needs it. And he's a guy that really, I think showed that to me and, and I was a guy that needed a, a kind of a different approach. Mm-hmm. And that's what, I, that's what I want to give to my guys. So I want to give my guys the approach that they need in the best way that I can. And also kind of teach them from the mistakes I made along the way.
0: Right. How about uh, speaking on just working for Coach Dolby Coach Stan Pierre, and maybe touch on some of the athletes that you have on your defensive line at the U of M?
2: Well, oh, it's it's awesome working for those guys. Uh Stampier is a genius. Like the, the defensive schemes that that we have coming up is gonna be great. Um as you see in the past we've had great players along the way. Coach is mm-hmm. a great recruiter. We've seen oh, yeah. many athletes go into the next level constantly every year. Um some of the players that uh, we that we have coming up I think um, we we have a nice young defensive line, and it's really exciting to see who's going to be coming out. Um, a guy we all know is uh, Jordan Friesen. He's a guy that uh, we know in the past is disruptive and super athletic, and he's getting it. And you know what? Let's next time he gets in the field, it's going to be scary. He hasn't played <laughs> since high school, and he's he's hungry. He's hungry. Um, another guy, nice young guy we have coming up, uh, Alex Jukic. Um, I call him a sleeper. Uh, he He's a weight room monster. There's, I don't know if there's anyone really stronger than him out there right now. He's a guy who's 19 years old and probably one of the top five strongest guys in the team probably, yeah. and it's it's scary. Um, another guy, Colin Cornelson, I, I coached him uh, back when uh, I was coaching with the Team Manitoba and just watching him grow from a 17-year-old kid at the time to seeing where he's at now. He's... I, he's he's our he's our starting he's our starter rush right now and he's a guy that I'm super happy to see how things have worked out for him and the sky's the limit for him.
0: Oh that's that's awesome. So I know that you guys are you know, you already alluded to it. Coach Dobie's a phenomenal recruiter. So the athletes you have in your program consistently are amazing. But uh but very cool to talk on those guys specifically. Uh you know, Shaq already kind of talked about, but Ryan, uh, you know, who were your mentors kind of growing up in your life?
1: Always being a part of a sports team, you always kind of uh, look up to the coaches that you have. So a lot of the mentors in my life uh, growing up were the coaches that I had. So uh, first one being a baseball coach that I really looked up to. Uh, following that, my first football coach really looked up to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, going through my life, uh, it kind of transitions, right? As somebody who's willing to take you under their wing and, and teach you something about the sport and about life, uh, those, those people I tend to flock to, and those are the te- people that I tend to uh, learn the most from. So uh, a lot of mentors came uh, through some of the coaches, but one of the biggest mentors in my life has always been my dad as well. So he's always shown me that uh, no matter what, Happens in this world, uh, things are going to be okay as long as you just, you know, keep your feet moving and keep working. And it doesn't matter what really happens; you're always going to be able to get yourself out of that hole or get yourself uh, to the next level or whatever you're looking to achieve. Uh, As long as you just keep your feet moving and keep your head down and uh, be willing to put in that work and be disciplined for it. So uh, he's been a really big mentor in my life, uh, and one of my uh, one of my biggest mentors, I'd say uh, to recent dates has been, uh, my former employer, Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a really great guy to me, um, father figure. And, uh, yeah, he was one of the most recent mentors that I've had. So a lot of the people in my life have been people that have been able to teach me things and coach me on things. So, uh, those coaches in my life are really the biggest people who've, uh, who've made a difference. Back at it for the fourth quarter with Shaq Armstrong and Ryan Marsh.
0: So Shaq, pretty exciting, uh, month you've had, you, you've got a lot of publicity, you've been on the NFL channel. You won, uh, you got third place in the NFL, uh, the NFL Canada fan of the year. Uh, can you speak about that experience and just, you know, what's happened and, uh, the publicity you've been getting about it?
2: It's, it's, it's been quite a ride to be honest. It's been kind of like a blessing and a curse. It's, uh, honestly things kind of keep popping up and i don't even know what's going on to be honest there's these videos popping up and someone's saying oh hey there's a video of you and i'm like oh nice sweet can you send it to me mm-hmm. but um no, it's been awesome uh a good friend of mine uh, mitch thompson he months ago he said hey i'm gonna enter you in this competition it's a community involvement award i think you'd be great to be you're a sure win i said yeah whatever man go ahead i don't care mm-hmm. and months later I, I get this phone call saying i got third place in nfl canada fan of the year and it's it it's awesome uh i've, I've been blessed by this um i've won i've won ten thousand dollars i've been wow. ten cheese, it's been it, it's that's a down payment on the house and yeah. right now it's not the greatest time to go buy a house but you know yeah. what it is what it is mm-hmm. and uh it, it's been great so the part of the i guess criteria yeah. for the award is um they're looking for people that uh, have made an impact in their community, not necessarily through football, but just an impact in their community and the in the day to day things, right? And I, a, a part of that, I guess, is me through football and coaching and just kind of what I do uh, for my for my employment as well, right? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm super happy Mitch uh, entered me, and yeah, it's been great being on uh, Good Morning Football, and yeah. I've had a few interviews here and there, and uh, yeah, couldn't be happier.
0: Very cool, and Nate Burleson is talking about you on air, right? Yeah, like pretty, pretty cool. Absolutely. Uh, how about uh, you know the NFL draft's coming around the corner, right? Uh, a couple of weeks from now, Shaq, you're, you're you're a Falcons fan. How do you feel about your Falcons? They got the number four pick. Is there anybody there at number four that you're hoping that uh, they select?
2: Oh, I, I love my team, but man, they they hurt my heart sometimes. Like, <laughs> there's it doesn't, on paper, it doesn't make sense why we're so bad right. and I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's an interior thing. Maybe it's a coaching thing, but who, who am I to say? Uh, so yeah, but I had to, I had to call my boy Harold shout out to Harold uh, for a couple uh, draft uh, opinions today. Uh, okay. So uh, for the Falcons in the past, we've always been, We've, when we've been successful, we've always had good tight ends. Like back in the day, we had Tony G and uh, mm-hmm. Algie Crumpler. So you know what? Yeah. Maybe we go Pitts with that fourth pick. That's a nice, big, solid tight end. That, that's the best tight end in the draft. And if we don't get him someone else's, else right? Mm-hmm. Another option I was kind of thinking was maybe we trade down. Maybe we trade, get trade down. Maybe get a couple extra picks in there. We go for uh, who we got here. We go for uh, that linebacker in Penn State, uh, Parsons. Yes. Right, and then maybe get another second round pick out of there. Maybe go for Asante Samuel Jr. Get get mm. the get the fan back in the business. There you go. Um, yeah. But there are some guys who I really want us to take. I don't know how we. I don't care how we get them, but I want us to get Najee Harris at some point. We need a nice Bruiser back back there. Mm-hmm. I want that. Uh, I want that uh, DB from USC, uh, Talanoa Hafuanga,
0: <laughs> like the, I'm the glad, reincarnation of Troy Palomalu. That's I'm glad what he is. He is the reincarnation of Troy P,
2: and I like to see yeah. that back in the game. And then there's that old lineman from uh, Wisconsin Whitewater. Yes, he killed it at the Senior Bowl, and he was he's Division three guy, but I don't care. He's you don't see that nastiness anymore, and you can't teach that. So a guy that has that naturally, and to be able to coach that, I think that's something that's needed on any team, to be honest.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, those are all so, great. Uh, those are all great additions, if you can get some of those guys. You know, speaking of yeah. the first, speaking of the first guy you mentioned, Kyle Pitts. Uh, You know, I think obviously he is definitely the best tight end in the draft, but he, I think is just like a generational athlete that, you know, I think they can seriously probably play him like Calvin Johnson. Like, I don't think, I don't necessarily think he'll be a true tight end in the NFL. I know that he's, you know, working on getting bigger and, you know, working on his inline blocking and that kind of stuff. And that's phenomenal. But I see him as, you know, a guy that they can split out play him as a wide out, you know, and then get him matched up on linebacker sometimes as well. So I think, I think he's a dynamite athlete and obviously for my gator. So I, I love the guy, but uh,
2: he's like a faster Jimmy Graham.
0: Yeah. 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 Like He's just in the frame, yeah. the frame, he can high point the ball. Like he, he's really good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, how about you Marsh? You know, there's a bunch of QBs coming up in the draft anybody in particular that sticks out to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, Mac Jones has always been uh been a favorite of mine, plays for Alabama, obviously. So he's a pretty big body. Big bodies tend to tend to do really well, which is why Trevor Lawrence is number one, obviously. Uh plays for a pretty good team in Clemson and he's uh yeah, he's a pretty good quarterback. I, I like to see how those number one draft picks end up uh, playing out just because there's quite a bit of pressure on those type of players. And mm-hmm. uh, I, it, it all breaks down to how you, you play in the NFL, right? If you're a really good uh, college player, that's great. And you may have a lot of success. It is a different type of pressure though. When there's a lot of money on the line, it's a different, different Avenue. Right. So uh, hopefully Trevor Lawrence and guys like Justin Fields can do well, but uh, I'm hoping I'm a little bit of a sleeper in Mac Jones. So.
0: Yeah, no, I like Mac Jones too. A lot of talk of him going number three to the 49ers possibly. So, you know, obviously there's a lot of teams that like him as well. He, uh, he kind of seems like the prototypical quarterback. He's got enough athleticism to move around, but he's, you know, more of that pocket system, true quarterback. Right. So hopefully that turns out. And, and you're right about the, the number one guys, like the Trevor Lawrences and stuff. Like we never know how that's going to pan out. A lot of that has to do possibly with the elite talent that they have on their college teams. Right. Like you go to the NFL, and even for Mac Jones, like those two receivers he had this year, is he going to have two receivers like that at, at, maybe at the 49ers? Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, right? Like, maybe, right? With so, that,
1: it's all about again. You, you got to see if you can work into the system and yeah. see if you can. I mean, it, it depends on where you go, depends on if you can handle the pressure. There's so many factors that play into that, but uh, yeah, if he goes number one, bet good on you, uh, the extra 20 million dollars or whatever it's going to be, that's awesome, so. yeah. <laughs>
0: Okay, how about uh, how about your your Cowboys, bro? Uh, Dak right breaks his leg; he's back off the injury. I'm a big Dak fan personally. I've always backed him. Uh, but how do you feel about the state of the Cowboys? And you've got the number ten pick. Anybody there that you're uh, hoping you guys get?
1: I'm a big Dak fan as well. I uh, I hate to say it, but I was a closet Romo fan. <laughs> I don't really like him all that much as a broadcaster, but uh, he was a really good quarterback, good leader, and uh, he was very dynamic, and, and he made a lot of things happen with the players that he had. So Dak's doing the same. He's doing a good job. Uh, unfortunate that he got hurt. It's good to see that he got paid yes. uh, in his uh, in his comeback here, so that'll be good to see if he, uh, he can make something happen. Um, State of the Cowboys right now. We need some defensive help as we always need some defensive help. So it's all good. Uh, I think that picking up a defensive back somewhere would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the uh, Faley kid. Faley is number one. And then, then there's uh, Sertan. So Sir 10's probably the guy that we're going to get at number 10. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, they're both uh, fairly good cornerbacks. Really big bodies, six two. So anytime you're getting those shutdown type of corners, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, hopefully they can make a difference right away. That's right. what we're looking for.
0: So. I like Sertan for like the lineage, right? His dad was in the league for a long time. Like coming from that, you know that that guy's gonna be a baller. So.
1: Yeah, you got the right mentality and you're around the right people. Uh, right. Typically, you're a good player. And, again, at the quarterback position, you got to be in your own head too. Yes. So, you got to be kind of uh, – you got to be a stud in your own mind. So.
0: Oh, that's very true. Okay, kind of switching gears here. I want to get kind of into your personal life. We're getting towards the end here. Uh, Shaq, I uh, have a little bit of in common with you in terms of, uh, you know, career choice. Way back when uh, I was an EA for Pemna Trail School Division, I did that for about five years. Um uh, and then I got into youth corrections and worked there for 10 years. And, and now I, I work for a different division in the government, but uh, I know that you're in EA right now and, and you've been doing that for a little bit. Um, what is it about that line of work that you really like doing? What do you find rewarding?
2: Um, I kind of got into the, I, when I moved back, right, I uh, was coaching at Surgeon Heights. It was sort of the right place, right time, and I was coaching there, and they saw how I was with the kids, and from there they said, hey, you need to apply for this job, and we can just kind of see what happens from there. And uh, I started off as a part-time EA, part-time hall monitor, so I was kind of like the security in the building, as far, as you could say. Yeah. And uh, But, no, it was awesome just kind of – and honestly, doing those those hall monitor rounds was probably, I think, one of the most beneficial parts of – why i'm so successful as i am today because i spent hours just having conversations with these kids walking in the halls mm-hmm. instead of just sending them back to class saying why aren't you in class or we'll go back to class we'll say hey what's happening with you what's going on and let's talk about it let's figure out why you don't want to go to class let's figure out why you know what what maybe there's something more behind the scenes that we don't know about so right. i think um being in that field um and just Working with kids constantly just kind of opens up different lenses, and uh, from there, I kind of got a, I got a promotion. I'm now a behavior intervention assistant. Um, so now I work um, in the division, and I work from, with kids from grade twelve, from kindergarten all the way up to grade twelve um, throughout the saint James school division. And it's great just kind of seeing how I get to go to different schools, and I get to see more kids, and I get to learn more from these kids all the time. And some of the kids I get to spend the time with specifically, it's I'm learning from them as much as they're learning from me and um, I, I I do enjoy it uh, my I myself tried to get into corrections and uh, at the, as a juvenile counselor didn't go didn't go as I planned but you know what I'm happy where I am now and uh, let's just see what's going what happens from here.
0: no I uh, you know from doing both jobs, I'll tell you you're at the right spot the 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 youth the youth corrections will eat your soul so uh so i'd say stay where you stay where you're at bro you're doing the right thing and uh the job's super rewarding and uh i think too the relationships that you're building working that job also translates to your communication skills with the players you work with right like it's all the same stuff we're using whether it's ryan working at the gym with the guys you're in the classroom all that stuff is intertwined right so I uh, I really love all that. How about you, Marsh? What have you been doing for work lately?
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, everything has been uh, a little bit up in the air ever since the COVID lockdown. However, I pretty much do things that I enjoy. So, uh, not really liking where I was where I was at in 2017. Uh, I was working for an insurance company, uh, and I had left a really solid position where I was the head trainer at a performance facility at a late performance. So, uh, that was a lot of fun, but I thought that, you know, it's time to get a job job, try to you know do stuff where you're going to be making a lot more money and, you know, being more of an adult. And, uh, what I came to learn is that, uh, it's all work. Every doesn't matter what you do or where you're at, it's all work. It's all going to, so you might as well do work that you like doing. Yes. So uh, I recently uh, been working at a few different gyms, uh, working just coaching clients, coaching some of my own personal clients, um, performance athletes, uh, general population, helping people uh, get better and motivating people to get better and get more inspired at, uh, at their life and, and at whatever sport they're in. So I've been doing that as well. Uh, with the COVID lockdown, you weren't able to go to the gym so much. So that kind of stuff really subsided quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Moving into outdoor activities and things like that, I took on a little bit of a carpentry job. So I did some things part-time and doing things a little bit, uh, just kind of in the afternoons and things like that, grew into about a full-time gig. So now I'm a full-time member contractor with another guy. And uh, yeah, we have a small team of three uh, creating that little bit of a bond and community. We rely on one another to get the job done. And, uh, yeah, we all play our roles. And so I'm doing a little bit of general contracting as well as coaching people on the side as well. So I'm uh, doing things that I really enjoy and yeah, I get to be my own boss. I get to set my own schedules and, uh, yeah, things, things in that faster are pretty good.
0: Yeah, that sounds really good, man. Uh, I'm happy for you that you're doing things that you like to do because that is super important. And not many of us have career jobs, things we do uh, that make us money that we do enjoy doing. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, how about, Marsh, who is your favorite QB of all time and why?
1: Ooh, so there's got to be a couple. But uh, I grew up as a Cowboy fan. Uh, I grew up watching the the most dangerous three in the league, the Troy Aikman, Emmitt Smith, and Michael Irving combos. So, yeah. Troy Aikman's always been my favorite, uh, nice. the leader of the pack. So they were uh, they were really successful when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and it was uh, kind of a family tradition. So I gotta say Troy Aikman. I still get to hear him. That's why I have a little bit of a sour sour patch for Romo because I yeah. think he's trying to take over Troy's position uh, gotcha. on the broadcasting booth. So. But, uh, yeah, I got to go with
0: the Cowboy favorite, Troy Aikman. I love that pick, man. Nobody said that before. And, uh, you know, as a young guy growing up watching the Cowboys, uh, I wasn't a Cowboy fan, but I obviously was watching that, uh, you know, those three Super Bowl wins. And Troy Aikman was so surgical. Like, he was – his accuracy, pinpoint, like, every throw, like, man, that guy was so good. It's really too bad that, like, that generation of football was so run heavy, right, like – because yeah. if he would play in, like, an offense like today, like, he he would have had those stats. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I love Troy Aikman, good guy, and, and great on the broadcast as well. So, so that's a great yeah. choice. Oh, money broadcast. Yeah. All right. uh, Shaq, how about you? Who's your favorite D-lineman of all time and why?
2: Well, real quick, I got to say my favorite QB all time is Michael Vick. Not just because I'm a Falcons fan, but yeah. just because... He's exciting to watch. No yeah. one no one can say they were they, they weren't excited when they watched him play. Oh. So I, I just had to get out that, that out there real quick. But um <laughs> my favorite D lineman of all time, it's changed. For the longest time it was Julius Peppers. Okay. Um, he was the man. He was before all these crazy athletes you're seeing now, it was Julius Peppers. He played basketball, he played football, he got it all done. Mm-hmm. But In the last few years, it's changed to Aaron Donald. That guy is disgusting. He's Mm -hmm. so disruptive. He just does it all. And he just he does it all right. And no one talks about being a small D lineman anymore because the dude's only 6'2". No one talks about being undersized anymore because of how dominant he is. So it's glad to see that the undersized guy doesn't exist anymore and to see that someone like that, that puts in all that hard work and effort, just pays off to be best player in the NFL, to be right. quite honest.
0: Well, he's pretty much unblockable, right? Like, he, he's, yeah. he's that good. So, no, that's a great choice. Uh, all right, guys. Well, unfortunately, we're, we're at the end of the podcast. But uh, I want to thank you guys for being on, catching up, Shaq, for me and you to kind of get to know each other a little bit more. Uh, it's been an awesome experience. I hope you guys enjoyed it.
1: Oh, this has awesome. been awesome! Yeah, so much. yeah much appreciated, guys. Thank you a lot. It's a great podcast. It was, uh, yeah, it was a good little
0: session. Excellent. And uh, I have to thank the audience that's listening. My dad reminds me every week that I haven't been doing it lately, so dad, <laughs> I, I thank thank you, dad, for listening, and thank you, audience, for listening. It's been awesome. No, we've been growing every week. Uh, it's been phenomenal. So uh, again, guys, thanks again for being on. It's been awesome. You guys have a great night.
1: Much appreciated. Right. Thanks so much. Thanks, bro. Good
0: night, guys. Good night.